somehow along the line, I heard this quote, seek not to move man except by God through prayer. In other words, before you even start the conversation, start with prayer. Like you, like no matter how persuasive you are, no matter how kind you are, no matter how great the data is that you're throwing at him, like the only person who can change a heart is God. <laughs> so like, it's really important that we acknowledge that when we start from that place of um, going to our heavenly father and saying, this is something that really matters to me. And would you please bring us into unity? Holy Wild Birth is a podcast embracing the reclamation of giving birth rooted in God's original design, undisturbed. Here, we share homebirth stories highlighting God's presence as the great midwife, as well as conversations about all aspects of a holistic, spirit-led childbearing year. From the perspectives of myself, traditional midwife Lauren Hall of Rooted in Eden Private Contract Association, and me, holistic doula and birth keeper, Brooke Collier of Sister Birth. To choose a holy wild birth journey is to consecrate all your decisions unto the Lord. And to reclaim creation unadulterated by centuries of human attempts to control and improve upon what God has already called good. Please remember birth is not a medical event, but a natural process. We are not your care providers, and this should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome, sisters and possibly brothers, to this special episode of Holy Wild Birth. I first wanted to start by saying, before we jump into the topic, thank you so much on behalf of both me and Lauren for continuing to listen to this podcast to support it, to leave reviews. We could use more of those <laughs> for recommending it to others and for sharing it in your Instagram stories or recommending it on Facebook. It means so much to us. We're having a great time and we're actually approaching 10,000 listeners or listens, sorry, 10,000 downloads and listens, which is pretty awesome. And we are hoping to maybe celebrate that land, landmark moment with a bit of a giveaway. So keep an eye out for that on our Instagram accounts. Um, so we're actually going to be doing a season break after this episode, um, holiday season. We just decided, you know, let's take a little pause. Let's be really present to our families. In my case, things are just moving at a snail's pace and I have limited capacity with my newborn and Lauren is in a really busy and transitional season with her midwifery. So we're going to be on a holiday break and we will be back in January with more episodes. So we are not gone forever. Never you fear. In fact, if you want to help us out with something, in the show notes, you're going to see a link to a form, a Google form. And I'm asking you if you would consider using that form to either submit a, a quick question that you might like us to tackle on a future Q&A episode, or a suggestion for a topic for a future podcast, like a topic you think we could build an entire episode about. We would really love to get that kind of feedback and input from you guys, um, because we want to make content that matters to you. So um, I think that's it for now. Now to the topic. This topic is going to be about home birth hesitant dads, aka those guys who just aren't so sure about this home birth thing or this free birth thing or whichever it may be. Um, and I think it's a really great episode with a lot of good content and a surprise special guest. I'm wondering if you can guess who it is. <laughs> You'll find out soon enough. So without further delay, let's jump right in to the topic of uh, husbands and especially particularly husbands whose wives want to have home births and they're not so sure about it themselves. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to just tell you first what you can expect from this time. Um, here's what we're going to cover. It's kind of going to be a lot, but we're still going to try to keep it shortish. All right. First, we're going to talk about how husbands may react to the idea of home birth. And then I want to talk a little bit about how as like a Christian wife, we can kind of address or move into that conversation with them um, in ways that are respectful and also um, hopefully can move us more onto the same page. And then we're going to talk about what sorts of information and realizations and conclusions might ultimately kind of help a dad or a husband who's on the fence about this come to a place of um, like, oh yeah, actually that's good. So those would be really good things to take notes on. Like this is stuff my husband 
has chimed in on that he's um, said were key for him. So it might be something that applies for yours as well. And then what really, like on a deeper level, what's really getting in the way for dads or for husbands? I don't know what to call them. They're both. <laughs> and then at the end, we'll talk about what if he won't budge. Like what if you've presented all the information, you've had all the conversations and he's still like, nope, then what do you do? Who gets to decide? That's a hard question. And then I'll try again if baby nap allows to have some Q&A at the end. So are you ready? Okay, <laughs> let's do this. Um, oh, one more thing I wanna mention before I also have a surprise for you. <laughs> a really fun surprise. On June 14, which is Monday, starting that day, um, I am kicking off a five day long free live workshop called Trust God, Trust Birth, The Path to Confident and Joyful Home Birth. And it is free, and it's about an hour a day of a live cast with me that has very actionable steps that you can take to move closer to having the birth of your dreams. So I hope you can sign up for that. Um, if you go up to the banner image at the top of the group, you'll see it says click here to, to register. Click on that follow the link, get signed up, and then you'll get your workbook um, registered to be a part of that, as well as to possibly win prizes. So that's fun. Okay, now I'm gonna bring on the surprise. <laughs> the surprise is, I was talking to my husband about this topic and how I was gonna get on here and talk about this today, and he had a lot of thoughts about it. And so we thought, what if he joins us? <laughs> so without further ado, <laughs> this is my husband Tim, hey. and he's a lot taller than me, so uh, the, <laughs> yeah, getting the angle to... is going to be a little challenging. All right. So um, he <laughs> has a lot of good stuff. I told him actually that maybe I didn't even have to do this live, and he could just take <laughs> it himself. So if the baby does end up crying, it might be me who leaves because he has more to contribute here than I do. But. Um, we were going to start with, I just wanted you to tell them. <laughs> he actually, um, he revealed to me some some very uncensored thoughts and feelings he first had when I suggested home birth to him that I didn't even know he had because <laughs> I think he was being diplomatic at the time. But um, he's going to share with you his very raw reactions to the first time that I suggested the idea of home birth. Yes. You want to start there? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is Tim. Hi. I'm Tim. Home birth dad five <laughs> times over. The last time was unassisted, which could probably be an entire other Facebook live because that was definitely. that was definitely like a whole other level of mm -hmm. conversation and processing and mm -hmm. yeah. But a lot of the same uh, ideas, I would say. Yeah. Uh, the process of coming to that yeah. uh, was, I would say, very similar to okay. just the, the first time considering home birth in general. <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah, I would say they're, they're both very similar, actually. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, hit them, tell them what you really thought. <laughs> All right, I, I feel like I have to like duck Sorry. down to like get into- Make it taller oh, for you. Oh, there we go, all right, all right. Okay, so um, there we go. I'm gonna drink my coffee while you run the show. All right, you can chime in as much as you want. I'm sure you'll have some things to say. So yes, so home birth hesitant husbands. I wrote down my little notes document, HHH, home birth hesitant husbands. <laughs> um, I know what it's like to be one. I was one. Um, so I'll just start there when Brooke first brought this up. Uh, so when Brooke first brought this up to me, it was like 11 years ago, 12 years ago maybe. Um, and she kind of just casually mentioned it one night. We were night. either very newly married or not yet married. Yeah, we were married. It was our first year. Okay. And I remember just, she just casually mentioned it to me one night that she was like, oh, yeah, when we have a baby, I want to have a home birth. And I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I And I I literally, I laughed. I remember I laughed at her. And I, I just thought it was the most ridiculous thing she had ever proposed. And I didn't think she was serious. And then when she said that she was serious... I was like, oh no, <laughs> what Like, what do I do? And uh, I, I totally thought that like in my mind, there was obviously no good reason <laughs> to have a birth outside of the hospital and at home. And so I was, I, I thought that 
it was unnecessarily like in not not knowing then what I know now I thought it was unnecessarily putting our child's life at risk um, uh, for no good reason really and uh, I, I thought that it was like hippy dippy woo woo uh, that it was it was just something that the idea of it must just be uh, something that someone would do just to score points with the the crunchy uh, you know natural crowd whatever and and I that was literally what I thought I thought that I needed to talk some sense into Brooke like she's <laughs> and, gone too far this time <laughs> yeah like like it was just like her identity mm -hmm. uh, was too much wrapped into this idea like I could get on board with all sorts of other things you know about being a natural whatever eating healthy and things like that that made sense to me but this was just so out of left field for me. And, and I and the it was so out of like I just couldn't imagine how it could be a good idea that I uh, yeah that was that was just what I thought that was my uh, I thought it was just st straight just like wanting to stick it to the man and opt out of the system. <laughs> well, there's a little bit of that too. <laughs> um, you and you had never even heard that you didn't even know it was a thing that people did, right? It was like an utterly new idea to you. Mm -hmm. It's not yeah. like you had like you hadn't known somebody who had had a home birth with a bad outcome. So it wasn't like about having heard horror stories. Yeah. You just had like, like most all of us growing up, just like assuming that you go to the hospital to have a baby because that's where it's safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, um, so it was, it, it was absolutely clear to me, you know, that because the hospital is where the medical technology is and where the medical experts are that, that, is just the safest place for a baby and a mom to, you know, to have a baby basically. And, uh, I, uh, and so I, I, uh, I needed to, so Brooke kept bringing this up and I was just like, Oh my gosh, what, what do we do here? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, and she, uh, she asked me to watch this documentary, uh, uh before I would say no to it. And I was just kind of like, okay, sh all right, I'll watch this documentary. So one night um, we fired it up. And I think even as we we're firing it up, so it's called the, the business of being born. And uh, even as we're like on a Friday night getting it set up, I think it might've been a DVD back in the day. <laughs> as before everything was streaming. And I just remember thinking like, what, what are we doing here? And she started, she explained to me that it's actually made by Ricky Lake. And I was just like, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I, I was like, Ricky, like the 90s daytime talk show host, Ricky Lake. Like, we're what what are we doing? Why are we spending our Friday night doing this? You know? And so anyway, so that that was actually a really uh good uh documentary that opened the door for me to begin to understand why home birth makes sense mm -hmm. and uh and it brought me down the road to uh it, it got me further down the road to um uh, understanding uh, some more ideas that were actually really it, it solidified that eventually solidified for me that home birth makes a ton of sense and i would uh not go back so uh mm -hmm. so anyway so i think i was just wanted to share oh. what were you gonna say I just wanted to, before you launched into the wonderful conclusions you ultimately came to, I wanted to say a couple things. Yeah. That's all. Mm -hmm. okay. Go for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, and that kind of bring, weaves in this other question, right? Is like, as wives, how can we approach a husband who's really like against it at first? Mm. And I, I don't think I have like a magical answer about this, but as he said, I think what I did was I really simplified the request. <laughs> I was like, I told him it meant something to me. Um, that I learned about it, that I wanted it. And then um, I just said, before you say no, will you do one thing for me? And I was like, watch this documentary, right? <laughs> so a really simplified request. And I have I, knowing- and, and watch it with an open mind, right? Yeah. Because you can yeah, go into that's something- That's true. And be totally shut down about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've talked to a lot of women whose husbands have ultimately been swayed by that same documentary. So I think it's- it really is a good one. Um, and I, I don't mean to make like gender stereotypical 
sweeping statements here, but I do think it is generally true that most men are not as likely to pick up and read the birth books as we are. They're not, they're just probably not going to do it. They're probably not going to follow a birth blogger or follow a birth account on Instagram, you know, like, so trying to find a medium of sharing information that fits for him, like as a man in general, but also like your husband specifically, like just knowing who you're married to and like, what are the mediums that tend to work for him when he's trying to learn something? Um, so maybe it's a podcast episode. Um, you like, and, and choose carefully because probably you're only going to have one or two, <laughs> one or two choices or um, chances, right. To introduce uh, one or two pieces of content <laughs> for him to digest. So if he's like a really numbers based guy, he's really fact based, um, then showing him research might be the thing, you know, like a, actual research article, which I can link one below here. That's like the biggest study on home birth to date, um, which has some really amazing findings. Um, other dads, it might be the documentary, other it might be stories from other people who've done it. Um, there's another movie out there called Why Not Home? That's a little bit newer than Business of Being Born and Tim hasn't even seen this one, but it's yeah. Why Not Home is all about um, medical professionals choosing home births, which is a unique vantage point. And so if you have a husband who's like really trusts the medical world and medical providers, then seeing a whole movie about how medical providers are having their babies at home might be something that really works for him. So, um, and then I would just also say, obviously be kind because nobody likes to be approached in a like defensive demanding like tone. Um, mm -hmm. Like I find, I think that how you approach it in like a an attitude of, inviting collaboration and just, and even just sharing your heart, like this really matters to me. And I know you don't get it right now, but it's, it's actually really important to me. Um, it's so much different than being like, well, this is what I'm going to do. And I don't care what you think and you can get on board or not, but it's happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, in some ways I believe that at the end of the day, like, and we'll get into this more later, I think at the end of the day, like, um, it probably should be the woman's ultimate choice, but you don't lead with that kind of like, <laughs> this is just what I'm going to do. Like, cause you want by and you want to be on the same page. You want the unity. Um, mm -hmm. so it's good to, tr to try your best to start off on that foot. <laughs> so those are just a few, I thought I had, um, a few thoughts about as a wife, like how do you, oh, oh, the biggest one. Can't believe I even forgot to say this one. Somehow along the line, I heard this quote, seek not to move man except by God through prayer. In other words, before you even start the conversation, start with prayer. Like you, like no matter how persuasive you are, no matter how kind you are, no matter how great the data is that you're throwing at him, like the only person who can change a heart is God. <laughs> so like, it's really important that we acknowledge that when we start from that place of um, going to our heavenly father and saying, this is something that really matters to me. And would you please bring us into unity? And would you like, bring things across his path that prepare his heart for what I want to share with him? Would you open up his mind? Would you soften? You know, like you ask God to do what only God can do, which is to change a heart. And you also have to be prepared for the fact that he might change yours because <laughs> that's another possibility. <laughs> um, but yeah. that is probably the biggest, the biggest piece of advice I would have a start there before mm -hmm. you even say a word, start there. Mm -hmm. Okay. At the same time, you don't, you, you want to, you don't want to uh, shy away from speaking what you your what you using your voice and speaking what you yeah. would prefer and making sure that he knows that this is really important to you um, as a wife and you, you your voice matters <laughs> and mm -hmm. and you don't want to just leave it to prayer and uh, not say anything so yeah. right like we're mm -hmm. of the mind that biblical submission does not mean that you don't gently push back like it just doesn't so. Mm -hmm. Um, you, yeah, you are allowed to, uh, it's a mutual submission, right? Yeah. It's a mutual, mm -hmm. a mutual yeah. submission. And he's to love you as he loves his own body. <laughs> and your body in this case mm -hmm. is the one that's going to be bearing, not just a lion's share, but the entirety <laughs> yeah. of what is about to transpire in your birth. Mm -hmm. So, um, that should matter to him. And again, you can't make that matter to him, <laughs> but hopefully, um, hopefully it does. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So. I was originally going to share the, I, I was like, all right, I'm just going to make three, The th what were the three big things that brought me into critical awareness around this issue that, that caused me to reconsider uh, seriously, whether this was like a legitimate thing that we should, that we should think about and do. 
And so <laughs> I started out with three, and then I actually ended up with six because there was more. <laughs> there was like just more reasons than I uh, than I could even uh, that I remembered that I was like I don't want to leave any of these out. Um, there's there might there's probably more, but I'll, I'm just gonna <laughs> keep it to these six. This is really good stuff, by the way. So, I feel like I've done a good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for, so anyway, I'll just jump right in. So the first was that of of beginning to see that though hospitals are are really great for medical emergencies, they are in terms of birth. Hospitals are uh, they are you can't get around the fact that hospitals are a corporate business. And so when you walk into a hospital, especially a birth part of it, you are you're entering into a, a place that has been set up in the as a context of a business. It's, it's a big business. And therefore, there's lots of policies and procedures that have been set in place that are baked into how the whole thing works. And uh, no matter you can have great doctors. You can have great nurses. You can have not so great doctors and not so great nurses. Um, but the fact is that the the whole system is set up around um, there's natural incentives for things to be set up in such a way that it makes things efficient for the business uh, for for and getting profitable and profitable <laughs> for women who are <laughs> profitable for the bit for the business for the hospital. Um, birth wards are one of the most, the biggest money makers for hospitals. That's just true. Um, and so for, so that, that, what that practically means is that, um, for women coming in to give birth, uh, there are, it's, it's highly incentivized for, uh, doctors to, uh, recommend interventions, uh, that will speed up the birth process. And the thing is, the it's always kind of recommended as like, yeah, you should probably do this. You know, uh, it's 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 recommended as a good thing, but ultimately, those interventions, they 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 it causes once you start one, usually something like uh, what's is it pitocin that starts that moves it faster? I can't remember what it was. Yeah. They 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 it begins like a cascade of one intervention leads to another intervention leads to another thing we this now you're going to have to use this now you have to do this and what it ultimately usually leads to a c-section and uh and the thing is uh a, a c-section is a very uh, having learned again i had to learn about this a c-section though is a really great thing to have in the toolbox for when the time comes for a medical emergency and you need to get that baby out and there, there's a true medical emergency but often those C-sections could have been avoided if you hadn't intervened in the first place in the natural birth process. And so this was something that I had to learn. And the thing is a C-section is, uh, it is a major medical like procedure. It's it is, abdominal surgery. Yeah, it's a surgery. Which is risky and hard to recover from. Y yeah, it, it, it takes a toll on the body of a woman much, much, uh, there's a much longer recovery time, more difficult recovery time for a C-section than uh, if the woman gave birth naturally, vaginally. And in the US, the average rate, cesarean rate at hospitals is about 33%. For home births, it's about one. Because <laughs> some home births do still yeah. end up having a cesarean, but. Uh -huh. So whereas so the World, was, World Health Organization recommends, or they say that the rate should be t between 10 and 15%. Um, so we are doubled that. Yes. Yeah. So that that's one of my, uh, that's actually leads to my next point. <laughs> so that's first just beginning to see uh, and, and understand the, that there are natural incentives that work for the hospital and not necessarily for the, sa the health and safety of individual mothers and their babies um and so uh which you would think that you just man a hospital like you would they would it's the safest place but uh, that was something that was eye-opening to me so the second thing that was probably the biggest for me was just looking at the raw statistical data mm -hmm. of the united states uh wh where hospital birth is the norm 
uh, the the key statistical safety measurements for like infant mortality, uh, maternal mortality, and C-section rates. And also infant and maternal morbidity, which means like injury or damage. Okay, sure, yeah. Another one. Yeah. Yes, uh, those key indicators. Uh, compare comparing the United States to other developed countries where home birth is the norm. Yeah, or is more integrated and common at least. Yeah. Sure, yeah, it is yeah. more integrated and common. And and just looking at those, you can see very clearly that the United States is uh, is failing terribly in this area. And so, you, again, you would think that man, we've got so much money. It, our healthcare system, like man, it's expensive, but it's the bomb, you know. <laughs> and in a lot of ways, it, it is. But but in in this sense, it's it. It's failing mothers and babies like crazy. And this was like the biggest eye opener for me. Yeah, because that's not just like a, I feel like it's failing mothers and babies. It's like, no, like statistically it is failing yeah. mothers and babies. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and and if you, and even, I, I probably don't want to get into it, but like if you're a, a black mother or mm -hmm. and, or going into a hospital the statistics are even worse somehow 30 to 50 percent worse it's just so i mean we we've known we, we had a friend who uh was a, a black pregnant woman who was coming uh sh sh the reason she was having a home birth was because she knew how she knew the statistics for her uh demographic and she was like this is not good i need to <laughs> i need to protect myself so again uh Looking at this, uh, I think beginning to recognize that um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just move into this because yeah. uh, so learning that giving birth, like kind of shifting my perspective alongside of this to realize that giving birth is normal. It's very normal. <laughs> giving birth vaginally is a normal thing for a human process mm -hmm. of a woman to do to have like we we're designed for it and and this realizing that the the opposite is not true that giving birth is not a medical emergency in and of itself most of the time it is a very natural process like pooping or puking <laughs> but yes so um so most of the time when women are left undisturbed in a very trusting environment where they feel comfortable, they can do what they need to do to have this baby. Uh, it, it the very high percentage it goes through well, and it's and it's and it's a great the <laughs> it's it just works, you know. Mm -hmm. God made our bodies to work, and and it's it's a miraculous, awe-inspiring thing to witness. But that was a big shift for me, just to realize because on growing up in our culture birth is is uh portrayed in media as like this like <sighs> you know get to the hospital Panic. you know the wife the woman in labor is screaming it's, it's just out of control it's this chaotic you know and and that's how that's how we grow up thinking of birth mm -hmm. is that we need doctors to come save us but it's actually <laughs> when you have a competent midwife who can uh who can guide the process and just help you know where you are along the process and lets you uh, your body do its thing and it coaches you where you need some coaching, you know. But but that's the statistics show that this is very normal. This is very good. So um, you skipped number three. Did you mean to? Oh, you know, I meant. I, I think I wanted that to come afterwards. Okay, but yeah, I think the thing for me was even like thinking about home birth. I was like, okay, so. Hospitals are good in the in the case that we actually do need them, and it ha I had to learn to understand that even in the rare case that you you might have uh, so so one midwives are very good at discerning when they mm -hmm. uh, when you do need to transfer to a hospital. There's there's some kind of uh, thing going on where okay it would be safer for you to 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 finish this journey in the hospital mm -hmm. uh, and midwives are trained very well to recognize those situations and to call it out and just say hey this is what would would likely be the best thing to do but but then also um, yeah they're they're guard they know what normal is so they recognize when things become not normal exactly. and there's some things that they would say now it's time to transfer to the hospital because you need the care of somebody that's not me but then there's other things that I think a lot of husbands don't recognize or don't know right away is that 
most midwives also know how to deal with a lot of those emergencies on site yeah. at your mm -hmm. house. Like exactly. they can stop a hemorrhage. They can help a baby that's not breathing. They can get mm -hmm. a baby that's stuck, unstuck. You know, they can do a lot of that right yeah. there on site without even having to move you. So yeah, I don't know if most guys realize that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they can, they, they're very skilled and mm -hmm. a good midwife is skilled and trained to be able to take care of a lot of those situations. And, um, and in the rare case that you do need to transfer that whatever the 10 to 20 minute transfer time is, is usually like, I remember being just having all these questions, like what if we do need to transfer? What, you know, usually that's, that is not like a big deal that, that transfer time usually you can get there. And, and anyway, so, uh, moving on to the next one. So, um, birth as for me, it was, it was starting to realize that giving birth for a woman is a significant rite of passage in a woman's life. So, um, yes. Mm -hmm. and, and even just starting to understand the research, some of the research that has gone into, uh, around the world, how, uh, rites of passage in cultures that are valued and, and observed and celebrated yeah. uh, in people are, it, they're really significant for the development and the maturing. They're like these really significant moments in people's lives, uh, it, maturing into adulthood. And uh, for me, realizing that a woman giving birth, this is a significant moment in her life, stepping into motherhood uh, or, or maybe, maybe stepping into motherhood for the third or fourth time. Mm -hmm. um, but honoring that moment and uh, for me recognizing that if there are things inside of me that I'm just that I am just not, haven't dealt with that I am imposing on her in this really significant mm -hmm. moment in her life which is a rite of passage mm -hmm. I don't want whatever's going on inside of me to get in, to get in the way of mm -hmm. that rite of passage how she wants to walk through this mm -hmm. and experience mm -hmm. it you know, I, I just now thought of this, but I think in a different way, it can be a rite of passage for you too. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like even in learning how to offer your um, masculine energy to support mm -hmm. and um, give freedom to and create a circle of protection around your woman, mm -hmm. you know, like totally. and to release your illusion <laughs> of control <laughs> yeah that's true um that's true so that yeah i think there can be a rite of passage for guys yeah. too that they might not be thinking about that but i think that can be if they choose to let it be that that can be a really um uh -huh. transformative thing for them as well mm -hmm. that's good yeah so i, I don't want to get in the way of that mm -hmm. and i want to support her through that <laughs> Um, the, the fifth thing was, um, just, this was after the fact, after we had our first baby and, uh, we're the postpartum is so much easier at home. Like after we had our first baby and even after the second, third, we've had five now. Um, it's great that you are just, you've got your baby there and you're in your own bed, you're in your own house. You have all the things that you need. Mm -hmm. Your kids, when you're ready for them, they can come in. And the bed is big enough for both of you. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's not like this little narrow. <laughs> and from it's just so much easier. Uh, I, I remember thinking at, during that time, if we were at the hospital right now and like the kids were at home and we were here and we had to, I had to go back and forth and, uh, you know, yeah. or, and then we would have to like in a couple of days transfer home, like, man, that would be such a, like a hassle to, to think about. I was just like, I'm just so glad we're home mm -hmm. and we, we just get to enjoy this. And then like the midwife comes to check on you the next day instead. And like, yeah. you don't even know this, but I've been with women in hospital births, even though I've never had one myself. And that <laughs> they're so disruptive at the hospital too. Like not only is it inconvenient, but then you yeah. get interrupted like all night long for like more mm. checks on your vital signs and baby's vital signs and like, <laughs> oh, we have to do a heel prick and ooh, it's time to circumcise your baby if you're choosing to do that. So it's like, you're not even really resting at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. at home you can just rest because you're, mm -hmm. yeah, they don't do that all night. Yeah. And, and I would say that for me, easily the first week, the first weeks of each of our child's after each of our child's births are easily the best weeks of my life. Um, they're just, there's nothing like it. <laughs> there's, mm. uh, it's, it feels like the world has come, has stopped uh, for you and the world has been made new. 
And you just have this whole like time to just be together and soak it in. That's and good. just the fact that, again, that you're home and you don't have to hassle with anything. You've got people coming in to check on you when you need them. You Maybe you have a mother or mother-in-law who's coming to help or, or friends. Uh, that's, that's amazing as well. Uh, so, um, and then uh, the last thing was, <laughs> this is really, uh, really practical, but home birth <laughs> is cheap, man. So, so in comparison uh, to having a hospital, so hospital births are like, like it's six to $12,000 often. For a natural vaginal delivery and a cesarean approach is 30, I think, the last it's, statistics I read. It's, yeah. It, yeah. So hospital births, man, they're expensive. And even if you have insurance, like insurance, um, we, it, it's, it's often the, what the part that you end up paying the copay or whatever, the, the, the percentage cannot, can be more than mm -hmm. what hiring a home birth midwife could be for the global mm -hmm. feat for getting all of the, you know, the leading up, was it the prenatal appointments, prenatal yeah. and the postpartum and them being with you. Yeah. Um, and, and all the like personal care that you get, mm -hmm. the continuum of care from beginning to end. And I was just like, so you, you do often have to pay out of pocket. There might be some insurance companies that, that cover that. There are some that will cover um, 100%. So, so you might be lucky in that regard. Um, but even if you don't, like we've, we've, uh, there's a, I remember someone else who had a baby about the same time as us who had it at the hospital and them telling me how much it costs, even, even mm -hmm. with their copay. I was like, dang, man, they, they paid more than we did. And they have insurance. <laughs> right. Uh, so so it's it's cheap. It's really cost effective in a lot of ways. Um, and if money is an issue, sometimes I, we bartered for our first one. We were really yep. strapped for our first home birth. And we had the midwife was like, I can see that you guys want this. And mm -hmm. we, we were like trying to figure out ways. We worked out a barter system where we made meals for the midwife in return. And I did for, photography. Yeah. yeah photography yeah. and freezer meals was uh, to, how we paid her. To significantly bring it down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so so th those are like the six big things that like uh, that shifted and made me begin to to recognize that okay, this is a real thing. This is legit. Um and and then and and ultimately completely converted me <laughs> to home birth. I, I remember I, I afterwards you'd be like, we're, like, I feel like you said something after Hazel was born, like I would never do this any other way. Yeah. 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 And it was hard too. Like it wasn't an easy home birth. It uh, was long That was a hard and hot mm -hmm. and like five hours of pushing and like 48 hours total. Like, and yet still you're like, I wouldn't do it any other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we had been at the, at the hospital, they wouldn't have let you the, the the policies and procedures wouldn't have let you go uh, labor that long. Yeah, I'm pretty would, certain I would have had a cesarean. Yeah, they mm -hmm. would have had interventions because their their policies don't allow you to have that kind of that long of labor. Right. But it's a it is a it's a normal thing. That's just women sometimes take longer. To right. Have, exactly. Especially labor. the first time. Yeah. So again, I didn't know any of this. We learned by experience. So the last three things. So I was just going to say, as I was reflecting on all of this, and I was huh. I was. Uh, those things brought me into critical awareness and reflecting back on what was initially keeping me from mm -hmm. considering it. And, uh, and like kind of at a deeper level you're going to talk about now, right? Like there's like these surface levels, like it costs yeah. money or like, I'm not sure if it's safe, but then I think there's some deeper things that you're about to get into that are really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That take a lot of self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. Looking deep inside myself, mm -hmm. I can, I can see now what some of the things that were going on and just naming them. So, so one was unchecked assumptions. Like I, I was assuming a whole lot based on what I'd just grown up in, you know? Mm -hmm. And I had not taken the time to consider uh, if giving birth in a hospital was actually the safest place, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. given, given statistics and, and actually- You just the assumed research. that it was. Yeah, I just assumed. Everybody yeah. thinks so. You know, the cult main, that's what main, most of culture thinks, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the second thing I would say is uh, pride. Just straight up, I thought I just knew what was right in, in this case. And I wasn't willing to consider for a while that Brooke could be right in this area. 
and uh, yeah, so that's 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 what we call pride, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the third thing, I kind of package these two together. Uh, they're not they're not they're not good. They're not nice. The laziness and ignorance. Uh, I. He told me this one, and I was like, "You're not making yourself look real good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really. I wasn't willing to look. Uh, oh, I'm sure I wasn't really to really do much in terms of research to mm -hmm. uh, to find out about the topic to actually give it uh, a good a good go to consider it. And uh, even though this was something that was clearly important to my wife, I was I was just not into it. He's like, I, I didn't want to put the effort into learning about it. So, um, and then the last thing was fear. Just I, when I considered the idea of giving birth at home, I was filled, I had this like reaction, this emotional reaction of fear. Like, I was afraid that um, just the thought of giving birth at home outside of the place that I assumed was the safest place. Um, uh, it was just a, imagine how that happened was really scary. And um, I don't want my wife to die and I don't want my child to die. And, and, and it kind of, there's that protection mm -hmm. thing for my family that, that rises up uh, based on what I thought was true, you know? So, so anyway, here's the thing. If I had let any of those things unchecked assumptions, uh, pride, uh, laziness and ignorance or fear get if, if those if any one of those is the reason truly that I am saying no to my wife if she is saying I would like to really consider having a home birth or I want to have a home birth um, that's I don't want any of those things to get in the way of of uh, something that uh, mm -hmm. that my wife is wants me to con seriously consider, and if I and if those are the things, and I'm just and I'm just saying no because of any of those reasons, that's just not good for your <laughs> marriage, for your relationship. That's going to bring disconnection between you and your spouse. Um, and and if if she if she doesn't feel like I have, uh, if she feels like any of these things are true for me, and and that she doesn't feel like I've really given my all into understanding this situation into understanding, uh, uh, into like look, examining myself to see if anything's getting in the way. If she doesn't feel like I've done that work when I'm saying no, then that's going to get in the way of our relationship and our connection and our unity. And that's just not a place you want to be as a, as a, as a husband, as a couple that sucks. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So my, 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 my challenge or my question to maybe any, any husbands who who might be watching this later on, maybe your wife has asked you to watch this, uh, just to, uh, I, I would just ask you to ask yourself, am, do I see any of these things? Just these, these are kind of some self-awareness building questions. Like, am I, am I letting pride get in the way? Do I just think that I'm right in this, even though maybe I might be operating under some uh, unchecked assumptions about what is true here? Um, do I need to, do I need to truly look into some, some research about this? Um, and then, uh, am I being lazy? Just look, you can kind of tell when you're just being lazy about stuff. <laughs> sometimes you don't like often think like I'm being lazy, you know, but sometimes you just need that check. And I just want to like check yourself. Is that, is that, is there laziness in here? Do I need to like step it up and engage this conversation with my heart and my head? Um, and then fear am, Am I being controlled by a visceral fear mm. uh, that uh, that that something will go terribly wrong mm -hmm. if we do this? Um, and yeah, there's a difference between like caution, mm -hmm. wise caution, and fear. And like I like to say, no good decision has ever been made when you're in the grip of that kind of visceral fear. Yeah. Like you just don't make good decisions in that mm -hmm. state, right? Yeah, you can't function at your higher level. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you are when you're gripped by that fear, like you, you're you're in right. a different state of yeah. mind. It's like a fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. You know? So so yeah. So so ask yourself those questions and and maybe the, have mm -hmm. some. I think Brooke was going to have some questions that uh, husbands and wives can maybe talk about together. Kind of some conversation starters that can that can maybe open this up 
for yeah. if you guys need to have a conversation together um, to consider this together. I will put one more quick uh, kind of caveat on the, I mentioned that movie, uh, Business of Being Born. That's a really helpful like thing, like documentary, watching movie is a good thing to jump into. There is some, uh, one thing that was a little bit, can be hard for some people to get over is the maternal nudity in the process of, so, so in this documentary, they, sh they actually show uh, three, I think they follow three women yeah. through the, like how getting, uh, I'm not getting pregnant, being pregnant. <laughs> that would probably be appropriate. <laughs> yeah, out that they're pregnant, hiring a midwife, and then giving birth. And um, and so they actually show the, these women giving birth, you know, at home. Uh, and uh, I was totally like, the first, when we watched that movie, my, Brooke was like, oh yeah, just be, there's, there's, there's maternal nudity. You're going to see women naked giving birth. And I was just like, what? Like, I couldn't, okay believe, I couldn't believe that I was sitting down with my wife who was asking me to watch this movie that where I was going to see women who were naked. And uh, I did, I was like uncomfortable with it. I didn't know that this was a thing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I did and, but I, I learned that, okay, maternal nudity is, it's a different thing than, uh, that then just straight up nudity, you know, it's not, um, yeah, there's a difference between like nudity that happens during birth. Cause that's just kind of how instinctually women end up giving birth and yeah. like <laughs> pornography. It's not porn. Yeah. Like, or, or, or know, even, or, like, or even other nudity that, that can be perceived as sexualized or sexualized sure. by the person yeah. watching it. I would say that maternal nudity during labor is like it's like the opposite of sexualized. Yeah. It, it there's you you're immediately confronted by the fact that there's something way bigger going on here than mm. the fact that this woman is is naked. She mm. she's pushing a baby mm -hmm. out of her body, and even though you can see the parts of her body that you are would normally wouldn't be able to see, like it's this it's the process of uh, this body working out something very big. <laughs> and and that is the center yeah. point of all of this. And so um, if, if that, it, it, it can be, it can still be uncomfortable. Some people just might not be there. And, and yeah. if, if not, that's okay. But don't let, if you're, if you don't want to watch that, that, that documentary because of that, don't let that get in the way of you doing research, other kinds of research mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. um, so, so if there's a book or a PDF, uh, Brooke, I know she's got tons research, of resources sure. on this. Yeah. that help you to become more educated about this. Yeah. And inside of my group coaching program, Embrace Birth Journey, which I'm going to be unveiling in full soon, there are sections in there that address so much of this on a deeper level too, like um, even like the fear piece he was talking about, that they're in there for a mama to go through, but they would be equally as good for a dad to go through, like clearing out fear by really intentionally working through each specific one. Um, mm. There's also a bunch of sections in there that Tim did actually just for dads. Um, oh, yeah. for in each phase too. So, um, mm -hmm. there's, that's another resource too, that I'll share more about soon, but, um, this has been good. You had so much good stuff that I didn't even know you had all that synthesized <laughs> inside of you till today. Sure. And maybe another thing would be, would be to reach out. If you know someone, another couple oh, yeah. who has uh -huh. given birth at home, have maybe the, it would be, might be helpful to just have the husband Totally. Call, get, call up and have a conversation, yeah. have coffee with uh, that person who's given birth to kind of help and just ask them, what was that like for you? What brought you to this decision to consider that mm -hmm. uh, and, and ultimately do it? And uh, for me, that was, that was really helpful. I, even this last time when we gave birth, I, mm -hmm. I, I was, I was fighting. I had some of the stuff going on, had some of the fear stuff going on and I just needed to talk to somebody. I need to talk to another dad husband who had done this before it was a little bit further on than me and could help me process those fears and, and uh, internally and just kind of speak to them right mm -hmm. yeah yeah that so, was really that was critical for me yeah yeah that was really helpful um so say like you've had all the conversations and you still won't budge like what if you've done all this and you're still at an impasse in your marriage who do you think gets to decide <laughs> you didn't say I, you were gonna pop this one on me. <laughs> I'm bringing it up because oh, I know it's man. something that people think about, like, and I think that we wrestle sure. with, and I don't know that I that maybe we don't have an answer, but theologically, I think we wrestle with that through the lens of like that's, what it means true. to submit to one another. Exactly. And yeah, that's a big like, question. To like, I, I've actually even heard one mom ask, like, "Well, my body doesn't just belong to me; it belongs to my husband." So, 
then like he mm-hmm. should the, the, she was like so does that mean that another. he gets to decide yeah. that my body can't have a home birth <laughs> and that's tricky that is a hard question that's tricky uh, i i maybe what i'll just say is you'll never forget you will never regret fighting for unity like mm-hmm. not 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 combating with one another but to fighting together to come to a place of unity in in this and so uh i would say most of the time i think it's 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 fighting through a lot of this internal stuff uh and mm-hmm. um and uh you know every couple's situation is unique yeah um, absolutely and so i think mm-hmm. um I, I don't know if i can <laughs> yeah i, don't know. I think i think what i was actually gonna say as an answer to that is more like just from the wife's perspective um once you feel like you've done all you can in the natural and you've mm-hmm. prayed and if you're still not budging i think that that's probably a time to like really ask the holy spirit to speak to you <laughs> to to tell you if it's um best to just yield and say, okay, I trust you, God, that you're going to take care of me, even if I can't have the birth that I really, really want and feel like is best and like the wisest, best choice for me and my baby. You see me here and you, I, I trust you to take care of me, even if I can't have this thing that I really feel like I need and want. Mm-hmm. Like, so maybe he'll lead you that way, or maybe he'll lead you to saying, go ahead with it and trust me that your husband's going to come on board. And then very, at the last, very last minute, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I think it could go either way and that that's a time to really um, seek the Holy Spirit's counsel. Mm-hmm. Too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, it was so hard for me to imagine just from reading this book, like what was going to happen and how to prepare. This is, a, this might sound like a shameless plug, but if we had had, if we had had access to something like Brooke's course for yeah. doing home birth, like the video, like the t- teaching the video aspect of it, that would have served me uh, as a mm-hmm. husband so much better. Oh my gosh! Like if we could have had that, that would have been so valuable mm-hmm. to me as a husband alone. Yeah. Uh, because it was. I mean, yeah, books are great, but I I'm a very auditory learner, visual learner. Like seeing something, having someone explain something to me, and then processing it, having questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just using books to read, and and that yeah. there was good information, but it was really hard for me to digest it in that format. And finding a class locally, I'm sure we probably could have. I don't know why we didn't. It was probably money thing, honestly. And then um, also, um, it feels sometimes inconvenient to like fit into the schedule of whenever the class is going on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, the my course and my group coaching program is literally what I made because it's what I wish I had the first time. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Holy Wild Birth. We hope that you were genuinely encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. If you're loving what you hear, please make sure that you share it, leave reviews that helps other mamas find this content as well. And don't forget to read the show notes, okay? Because that's where you can find our email address if you want to reach out to us and start a conversation. It's also where you'll find free offerings as well as invitations to work with me and or Lauren. We can't wait to get to know you. See you next week.